TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 532, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm the chair of communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. Uh, I live in Hollywood, and I write for whysoblue.com. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wheatonopolis. Let's start off with the news. First up, I have that Euphoria has been renewed for season three at HBO. Uh, the Babylon 5 pilot was passed over for this uh, year, and some people think it's because the network is up for sale. I don't know, but they, they announced all their pilots, and Babylon 5 was not one of them. But JMS said that the head of uh, Warner Brothers called him and said the pilot's not dead. They're going to consider it for next year. So I don't know if that's good, bad. I don't know what that means. That's what happened to the 4400. Sorry, 4400. Wait, the reboot one? They did that. To, they did with that with that. They they developed it for a year, held it, and then put it on. Okay, well, that's what they told JMS for for the Babylon Five pilot. They're putting it's on hold for next year. Um, CSI Vegas is bringing back uh, Marge Helgenberger. Helgenberger. That's, yes, that's what I said. Uh, so, uh, apparently all things that are old are new again. Um, Tom, you have news. Yes, I do. Apple TV Plus. Oh, first, let's talk about Amazon. Amazon spent $13 billion on film, TV, and music content in 2021, up 18%. Surprise, surprise. Amazon Prime's U.S. price is increasing to 139 up 17%. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> We're passing the spending along to you. Uh, they've also ordered a horror, horror of Dolores Roach to series with Justina Machado starring. AMC has announced that Terry Crews, Parker Posey, and Poppy Liu are among five cast in the Tales of the Walking Dead anthology series. Why are we doing more Walking Dead? Jeez. I um, might watch. I might be interested in the Terry Crews one. I want to. I want to see him kill a bunch of zombies. That'll be cool. Zombies don't have a chance. That's what I'm saying. I want to see Maybe that. They should have put him in the pilot of the original Walking Dead. The series would be over. Um, <laughs> Jason um, and AMC has greenlit a uh, two new shows: Damascus and Invitation to a Bonfire. The the latter is a an adaptation of a book, and Damascus is about a young black man in 21st century America. Don't we just have to turn on the news for that? Sorry. Um, Apple TV Plus has announced J.J. Abrams, David E. Kelly, and Dustin Thomason are teaming for a series adaptation of the Scott Turow novel, Presumed Innocent. And Jason Kadams has set a Dear Edward series with Connie Britton, Taylor Schilling, and Colin O'Brien. CW has ordered six scripts for Robert Rodriguez's gender-flipped Zorro series. Disney Plus has ordered a new Goosebumps live action series. Adam Brody is among three cast in FX limited series Fleischman is in Trouble. Uh, Hulu has announced that Orville season three is delayed until June. 
Netflix has announced that that 90s show, the uh, sequel series to that 70s show, has cast six, in, including Callie Hervada as Leia Turner, Eric and Donna's daughter. And the premise is she visits grandparent, the grandparents for summer and meets the new gang in, the, in her parents' old neighborhood. Netflix also ordered a gangster drama brother, Brother's Son from Brad Falchuk and Byron Wu. Paramount Network has picked up Yellowstone for season five. Paramount Plus has renewed Mayor of Kingstown for season two. And The Game for season two, or season ten, if you include the previous eight seasons before the revival. Stars has announced that the new the Party Down revival has added Jennifer Garner, James Marsden, and Zoe Chow to the cast. Really? Word, wow. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, L Word Generation Q has been picked up for season three uh, on Showtime. And Andrea Bordeaux is leaving Run the World before season two because of a vaccine mandate. Yes, I heard about that. I don't understand these people. It's like, dude, if you live in L.A., it's zone one. You're not getting around that. No, it's like, it is not like you can be like, well, I'll go to another show that'll totally let me ignore the vaccine mandate and I'll be cast. I'm like, no, you just uncast yourself and everything. So you're just not working. You've just decided you're not going to work. Hope they saved their money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk uh, Discovery of Witches. And we're talking episode five. And um, this episode is Tom was so excited to say something happened. Go ahead, Tom. Stuff happens. Lots of stuff happens. <laughs> it's I will get there. I will say my I like the episode except at when we get to the end when they have all the pages for the book of life and they have them lined up and they just haven't put it together and they're like let's have sex instead and I was like are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you guys went through time. You did all of this stuff. You sacrificed all of this stuff. You have the pages. Why are you not putting the book together? They're like, but we really want to have sex. And I'm just like, oh, I was like screaming at my ceiling. <laughs> I was thinking that's how you got the twins the first time. <laughs> well, I was just kind of like, you've got to be kidding. Like, because you know something is going to go wrong now, right? Well, of course. Well, I mean, lots of stuff happens. Well, I haven't <laughs> seen the, I haven't seen the next episode. So no, I, I, I I'm was, talking about in this episode though. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go go ahead. Tom. I was just that's the thing oh, that, that made me scream was that bit. But continue. Well, the uh, the whatever council of supernatural beings are decide. Oh, we want the babies. Oh yeah, and like we want to assess them and see if they're we dangerous. Assess the and Uncle Baldwin's like, I'll bring him here. <laughs> yeah. Like, you and what army? Gonna, I thought they were going to replace Sleeping Beauty, where you know they're they're talking about. Everybody's invited to the christening. It's like, are you sure about this? It's like, I don't want to slight him. Yeah, like he's going to... And he still shows up and makes a ruckus. Well, my thing is, I don't know how he thought he was going to fight his brother and walk out of there. Like, he forgot Diana was standing there the whole time. Like, I don't I don't know what he thought was going to happen in that fight. Which is, he got his butt hit. He is unaware of the show's title, A Discovery of Witches. <laughs> <laughs> When you don't know your life is just to be a supporting player. <laughs> I was just like, you, you go in there, you pick a fight, and, and you claim you're going to take these babies, and you forget that his wife is like this really, really powerful witch? What? And you went by yourself? Like, what? Anyway, that was just ridiculous. And I don't know how he thought that was going to go in his mind. 
Yeah, he he's not too bright. How and, and I feel like uh, Philip the dad liked uh, Matthew better than the older brother anyway. So I was like, how is he the head now of the family? Now we fam- know why. Yeah, but I'm like, how is he the head of the family? He's an idiot. Anyway. Yeah, but I mean, you know, primogeniture, you know, the firstborn thing, you know. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> the Brits and their crazy rules. Um, but. Uh, I do like that they're like, okay, one of the twins is a witch and one is a vampire. So we've established that. Yes? Yeah, that, I mean, it made well, sense. I sort of and... figured it was going to be like that. Either it was going to be one was one and the other one was the other, or they were both going to be, to be combined, like combinations of right. hybrid yeah. hybrids. Yeah. Yeah, but like the whole thing where the the baby needing the blood, it's like I I was practically yelling at the screen from the beginning. She's like, she it won't take the, the milk. Eating. Yeah, like, yeah, that's not the liquid she's looking for. <laughs> and she's like, I, she's spitting it up. Why why Matthew got so bent out of shape, and then Diana just talks to him for like a couple of minutes. Okay, I'm I'm cool now. It's like, damn, <laughs> really? Yeah, really? He he. I think he really didn't want either of his children to be vampires. I think well... that's what it was. <laughs> I, I I generally think he was really hoping that neither was a vampire, and then to find out that they were baby vampires, he was like, Bruh. so he was kind of upset. <laughs> uh, so it I get does make it. one wonder though if they're. I mean, the whole thing with vampires is you're not supposed to age. Are they going to just be you know infants? No, I think I, 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 I'm pretty. Years. I'm pretty sure they're not going there. I, I'm pretty sure these babies are just going to grow. Logically, they, that's how, exactly how it should work, but uh, it's we're not going to see that happen. We don't have to abide by logic on fantasy shows. Yes, exactly. Ooh, of course not. Because these vampires were born, they were not made, so that makes them different, as far as I can tell. Um, but anyway, overall, I guess this episode was okay. You're, you're, you guys are giving it a thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I feel like we, we'll we have more to discuss as more things happen. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Superman and Lois. And this week's episode, uh, Jonathan becomes decides to become a druggie uh, with his inhaler. And then he all of a sudden can play football. I mean, well, he no, could play football before. All, all you know. of a sudden, he's amazing at playing football. You're right, right. Because his... also, it's you know the thing is, I don't understand the whole benching him constantly thing. Because wasn't he like their star quarterback? No, no, no. He, Metropolis in Metropolis, he, bro- he broke his he, he bro- his brother broke his arm. Remember? Right. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. So he's coming back from an injury, and so they don't know how good he's going to be. And then the other kid started taking drugs first, and was obviously. Uh, Shows out, and but I'm not sure about the girlfriend he's got because what she doesn't seem like a very good girlfriend. Oh, well, she's, she's shady, news. you know. Yeah, like my girlfriend, my junkie. I mean, my girlfriend, my, my dealer. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. And my apparently, pusher. she's doing it too. She's doing the drugs. I was like, don't you know you're not supposed to take your own supply? Like that's that's yeah. rule number one of a drug dealer. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's totally have you not seen Scarface. Come <laughs> I'm not sure where they're going with this story other than his dad is obviously going to find out oh yeah yeah that and then you have to give the stern drugs are not for you speech and i'm just like oh but i think i think it's more i think at the heart of it though it might be more fundamental like everyone in his family has powers but him oh and mom well yes and mom but i mean mom you know i do feel like he's 
if you're a twin and your twin has superpowers, I feel like you'd want some superpowers too. So I do think they're going with that. I was surprised they put John Henry in a coma though. Like that was that was harsh. I don't think he'll stay there for long. No. That's I think that I mean, they I... you know, they, they need him as a character on the show, so yeah. I was surprised that they did such, you know, blatant character assassination of Lois. Oh, yeah. So, they had her, like, faking articles and lying. Well, not that she faked it, that she omitted key details from yeah. her article. Well, I meant lying. That's what I meant. Yeah. Which, I mean, that could get her... I mean, that could have gotten her fired from the planet before she actually did get fired. Or did she quit. <laughs> exactly. Mark got yeah. fired. He, she quit. But, um, I don't know. I just... Yeah, the whole cult thing is weird. The whole cult thing. What's weird, what's really weird, weird, is when Chrissy look, put on the wig, I'm thinking, oh, it's just like Allison, what's her face from Smallville, who was involved. Ooh, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. <laughs> Allison Mack, who, who really yes. got involved yeah, in a cult was con- and was convicted. Right. Yep. So this so, whole cult, I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I don't like, uh, the whole the whole cult storyline is, is nah. just going nowhere for me. There's so much... You know, I liked this show a, a lot last year, and this season maybe it's just you know the sophomore slump, but I am I am just finding so much in this that I want to fast forward through. Well, I feel I like the main the... stuff, yeah, the main stuff is good, but the well, side the... stories that they insist on shoving down our throats are, are not, yeah, are not good. They're I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, focus I... on Superman and all of that stuff with his his weird, you know, Bizarro twin. And and all of that is good, um, but and and even the stuff with John Henry and his daughter because it ties into the main story right. directly. Right. But all the other stuff that they feel they have to do to give the rest of the cast something to do is just—I mean, the cult thing is boring. The the stuff with the teens is tedious. The stuff with Lana, oh my uh. god, stop now! Um, all of that, I just, I just. I just want to fast forward through all of it. Oh, I, it's so I do fast forward through it. I was like, my experience is way better than you guys. It could be worse, though. It could be Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, the Gilded Age. And there are two episodes that have aired or premiered. And uh, Peter and Allison are going to talk about it. What do you guys think? I was really looking forward to the Gilded Age. You know, it's it's uh, a Julian Fellows production. He was the one who gave us Downton Abbey, and I I'm very certain their their whole idea behind this was that they were going to to make this the American answer to to Downton Abbey, and so far the American answer to Downton Abbey is really really boring. Um, I I'm it's so flat and so the stakes in this show are so low that I can't get involved in it. And I, there's really almost no one to root for um, almost all the characters <clears throat> with the exception of this one uh, character named Peggy, who's like the, the sudden black friend of the, the lead ingenue. Um, she's the only one who seems to have anything in the way of a personality. I have a question. Why is she state. a sudden black friend? What does that mean? Well, because she, she is, they literally meet, um, as as uh, the the girl, I'm blanking on her character's name now, but the the, the Meryl uh, Streep's daughter. But Meryl Streep. Meryl's. Thank you, Meryl Streep's daughter, 
who did not inherit <laughs> any of her talent whatsoever. Um, wow! Uh, oh, I like that. it. I like her. I like that actress. I think she's fine. Well, she's not good in this. No, it's it's, it's a different daughter. Oh, oh you're probably thinking of the one who's actually talented. You're th- yes, you're no, this of one. Mamie Gummer. This is the one not Mamie Gummer. Oh, she is okay. Not. That's not Mamie Gummer. So I I don't hate her like. Allison, but but uh, she's—it's not the one you're thinking of. It is different. She's she's yeah. terrible. She's—it's literally like watching a high school performer, you know, in a community theater production with her. It's 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 terrible, terrible acting. And um, there's she she like her her father dies and she goes to live with her aunts. And on the way there, she uh, she meets her at the train station, and her Gets she's robbed. she's robbed of her of her uh, money. And uh, this Peggy inter- intervenes to buy her a ticket, and they become friends on the on the way. So oh, it's okay. like they, they they never they never met beforehand, but that's it's why a it's, meet her, cute. it's a meet cute. It's a meet cute. There we um, go. You know, and from there she ends up becoming secretary to to her aunt. But you know, she's the only character who's who's interesting and who has any real stakes in terms of what her her future might be. For the other characters, it's just, you know, well, who gets to social climb the most? And, oh, terrible, nouveau riche people have moved next door. My life is over. Um, you know, and these are things that you just can't get interested in. You know, for, for and this is, Julian Fellows should know better than this. When, when he did Down Abbey, the very first thing, I mean, literally within the first five minutes of the show, we learned the Titanic went down and the presumed heir to Downton Abbey went down with the ship and this put the entire uh, estate in danger. So we had we had big stakes from the very beginning and and something to be invested in and what was the future going to hold and, you know, all of that. And there's nothing here. I don't care who social climbs. I don't care who's moving next door to who or who, well, you know, gets left I, out of something. I was going to say, I was going to say, we, we need to get the other opinion real quick uh, so we can move on. The only thing that I will say is that this, this, uh, they did talk a lot about how great it looks and the sets are gorgeous. The sets are fantastic. I will say that in the second episode, the costumes, they must, I don't know whether they change costume designers or the costuming supplier, but the costumes got much better in the second episode. In the first episode, nothing actually seems to fit anybody. Um, just incredibly bad tailoring overall and, and really. Well, I mean, that can happen in a, that, that can happen in a pilot. That can happen in a pilot, but yeah. All right. They, uh, they, let's, let, let's, that, let's get, one. let's, uh, Peter, what did you think? You know, um, I had, you know, uh, people on this podcast who listen um, might not know this, but we have a um, people, uh, you know, all of us on the TV Campfire podcast have a text chain. And I had seen that I think Allison and Yusin, who's not here right now, um, both thought that the Gilded Age pilot, which is like 90 minutes, uh, was like really boring. Um, And so I didn't watch it. And last night around... 3.30 3.30 in the morning. Uh, I, 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 for some reason, was on HBO Max. Oh, you know why? Uh, I ended up watching an episode of Fringe, which is so good. Um, but anyways. <laughs> um, but although I will say, speaking of, Fringe stars Anna Torv, Gilded Age stars Carrie Coon, and they are totally celebrity lookalikes. Like, they look so much like each other, it's crazy. But anyways. Um, no, they don't. Tom, look it up, it's a thing. Anyways, but I will say... Because I, I had heard it was so boring, and I, I'm hitting play at like 
3.45 in the morning. So if this is boring, I'm going to be asleep soon. And I ended up watching the whole thing. I was pretty captivated. And I got maybe eh, like 20 minutes. I went to bed at like 5 a.m. or something today. Like I went to bed. I like watched part of the second episode too. I was totally into it. Like, so I don't know if it's because I had heard from Allison and Houston it was really boring, but I was expecting it to be more slow. And I was like, ah, every scene, something's happening. Now, arguably, Allison saying, I don't care about these characters. I don't care about these stakes. Absolutely, like, that's a subjective thing. I, I, I did, but I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Like, it's like, yeah, sure, if you weren't. I really like... Okay, I haven't seen Downton Abbey in forever, and I know we have to move on, but I haven't seen Downton Abbey forever, but what I remember is Downton Abbey's big thing is they're the upstairs downstairs, so you have, like, the rich people, and then we're also following the servants. That's not really the strength of this show. I would agree that the downstairs people are okay. Like, I would agree. It's like, yeah, that stuff's all right. Um, the crux of this show seems to be, which it sounds like Allison doesn't like, is the the new versus the old. So, right, Kristen Baranski is very much the old, and she's, you know, she's Kristen Baranski, so I think she's very charming. And then Carrie Coon is the new with her husband, so, like, they have, it seems, an endless supply of money. Like, her husband wants to, like, make an additional railroad track just to screw this other guy out of business, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so I don't know. Actually, I like – that seems very American to me. It's like if you're going to do an American Downton Abbey in the 19th century, of course it's about new money versus old money. It's not going to be as much the upstairs, downstairs. So I like that stuff. I'm not saying the show's perfect, but I don't know, man. Anything that could make me watch about two hours of it until like you know almost dawn i gotta say that it's doing something right um All right. for me for me carrie coon is the i agree by the way i will agree with allison i like the peggy character i like that we're actually seeing a person of color on one of these shows because we barely ever see that kind of stuff so i did like that but my favorite character is the carrie coon character like i'm absolutely completely in her corner when she breaks down because no one comes to this big party, even though I knew no one was going to come to that party, um, I totally fell for her. Like, I don't think she's a bad person. She's she she's ambitious and stuff, but, I mean, screw the old. Like, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> like uh, even though I like... Yeah, but she's oh, well, guy, guys, 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 we, 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 we need to wrap like this her. up. We need to wrap anyway, this up. so thumbs up for me. I'll be, I'm, and now that Allison liked episode two, I can't wait. I'm, I'm well, I didn't like episode two. I said the costumes are better in episode two. <laughs> <The story laughs> we need, we need to wrap it better, but not really. up, guys. Thank you so much for your contribution to this podcast. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Peacemaker. And I don't even know what number we're on. Uh, whatever the newest one was. Uh, I think this is five. I, Six, I, I believe. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I, I heard this one's really good. It's James Gunn directed it. He's back in the director's chair. I heard it's really good, but I have not seen it. Well, Tom, go ahead. Lead us off. I believe it's episode six. It's oh, uh, we get we get the aftermath of uh, oh, well, finding out that he's he's the butterfly. Danielle Brooks finding out that uh, that uh, Mern is a butterfly. I think the episode is called Mern After Reading. Or, or, or. So it turns <laughs> out that there are good butterflies, but mostly bad butterflies. So he's a good butterfly, and everybody else on the team knew it, <laughs> except for uh, 
Well, Peacemaker still doesn't know what's going on, of course. Wait, but, all the other um, characters... Wait, the other characters knew he was a butterfly? Everybody yes. knew. And it's funny, uh, I, I'm blanking on the dude, the dude's name, the, the bearded guy. Whenever, whenever they start talking about it, he puts his fingers in his ears and goes, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, you mean die, die beard. Die beard, yeah. Well, you don't yeah. call them that now because they're, they're, they're friends. Wait, does, they're that friends mean that the, does that mean the boss is dead and it's the butterflies controlling the, a dead body? Is that what it is? Or is he? Yes. They destroy the brain when they, they take destroy over. The brain. So yeah. that person is no longer there. That yes. is correct. And they've talked Although about they share some of their, they're able to access their memories. What, one one problem I have with the, the, the whole concept of the butterflies being the bad guy, it's very much like Starro, except for they live inside you instead of, you know, this big old multicolored starfish on your face. So I wish they had done something, something else. So it wasn't, you know, it's similar but different to what we did in the movie. Yeah, but I mean, it was, it's, de it's definitely supposed to be like, in the movie, it was a giant thing in the... Even I think Pete Spanker even says, you guys are terrible with your names. He's like, Starro was literally a starfish, and now this is actually a butterfly. Like, so I, I think they're conscious of it. You're saying you wish they went in another direction, but I think it's an intentional thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, but we're intentionally being derivative of the movie we had. I mean, the DC universe has a lot of different weird, you know, 50s, 60s era villains they could have pulled from, so... Yeah, this Whatever. is one mind-controlling alien after another mind-controlling alien. Isn't that original? That's true. Um, but, I mean, that said, I did I did enjoy the episode, and I, I like the um, where they're going with, with everything. Um, I, the, the whole subplot, too, with his father uh, is scary and weird. Um, yeah. You know, they, they finally put him... In his in his outfit, I think they're leaning a little too literally into the whole clan thing. Um, but you know, that's they're they're trying to to put a distance between uh, between Peacemaker and his father and give an explanation as to why he he has been so horrible because this is how he was raised. So um, you know, I I get that. Uh, the whole the whole thing at the episode when they finally have all the butterflies attack. And start the police taking, station and yeah, and take over the police station is was incredibly well done and very creepy, and especially that slow walk toward the camera where they all start trying to learn how to smile again. Um, I mean, that was the, that was appropriately weird and chilling. So I like that. You know, it was just it was a well done episode. I also want to see where they go as far as Adebayo is concerned. Because she's she's torn, of course, between being loyal to this new group that she's got and trying to be loyal to her mother and also trying to to carve out her own relationship. So where she falls in this ultimately, even though I think, you know, I mean, we, we sort of figure he's, she's going to go with with this group. It's it's interesting to see her path the way she she goes there. Yeah. And, and we all know that Amanda Waller is I mean, no matter who plays her. She's not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to talk about In From the Cold, which uh, we're going to talk about the first two episodes, and I'm sure all of us have either watched almost the whole thing or partway through or whatever. The thing that's cool about this show and was surprising, because I think I was the first one in the, the canary in the coal mine, as they say, is that the pilot starts off as like a Russian spy who 
who has escaped the life and settled down to have a family, and then they find someone. The government finds out. CIA. Yeah, CIA mm-hmm. finds out that uh, she she used to be a spy, and they bring her back in, and they're like, "You have to work for us, or go to jail for treason." And so she's she has to go on these missions, and she's like, "I don't know if I can do it. It's been twenty years." Blah blah blah. And they build it up like that kind of show. And then in the last five minutes of the pilot, they're like, surprise, there's like a sci-fi element to it. And my jaw was on the ground and I was like, what is happening? What, what's, it was a mixture of genre in a way that really actually threw me off. I was like, wait, what's going on? And so she gets in a situation where she's trapped. You don't understand how there's any way for her to get out unless like she just becomes this super fighting agent and fights her way through like 50 guys. It's like, how the heck is she going to get out of this? And the answer to that is she can morph into other people and she can shape change. And it's apparently some weird Russian technology that they installed in her body in the 90s. And so she just morphs herself into an old man, puts on guard uniform and just walks out of the situation. I have a question. Go ahead. I have a question now that we've seen – I'm halfway through it. I'm assuming – We're only going to talk about the first two episodes. No, no, I know. And I'm assuming Allison finished it because she finishes everything. Um, <laughs> like, but, um, you are correct. <laughs> I, uh, I have a question. In the second episode, we find out that the way her power works is pretty classic sci-fi. You, she, she basically has to shake your hand. She shakes your hand. She gets the DNA. Correct. And she can now look like you. Right. In the end of the pilot – who is she looking like? Oh, she looks like the ambassador, the the Chinese. That, remember the girl that in the flashback that she's like courting? That girl's father. That's who she looks like. Oh, she's, so she okay. It's a Russian. So, so it's a Russian scientist who is in the process. It seems. Well, of no, I, no, yeah. Don't tell us that because we don't know that yet. I don't know that oh, yet. Okay, that's that's all bleeding. So it's not. It's not a big reveal. It's so. It's it's really okay to know so that. She can, so she can basically. So basically, once she touches your hand. It doesn't matter. Twenty years ago, she right. has that energy. Correct. So because right. I'm like because the because the Russian guy you're talking about that's the '90s. That's right. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And okay. what's the cool that's thing about the show too is they do these flashbacks, so we see her as a young agent on her first mission. Um, so that's pretty interesting as well. I, well I, as go ahead. Oh, sorry. But as what? What'd you say? Well, but you know, as Allison is going to say. The best character in the show is the daughter, right, Elsa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. That was exactly right. Uh, than any character on Gilded Age. Like, oh, my uh, God. That is no, the worst seriously, character. I am, I, am, I am looking forward. If they get a season two, I am looking forward to this character being killed off off screen. Okay? <laughs> never, ever hearing her again. I feel like... I feel like my theory is that they were in a writer's room and they were like, you know what? Normally you have the spy and the spy has a family and this family is really nice and you have to protect the family. And they were like, you know what? What if instead of the daughter being a good person, she's a sociopath? <laughs> like I'm assuming that sounded like a good idea. And it, I will admit the first time she's weird, 
I think in the second episode you see that like um, she kills a well she, she doesn't yeah she doesn't kill the bird she dissects she doesn't the kill the bird but she, she doesn't just, kill the bird but it's still weird it's yes like she puts yes. the bones in like a soup of a competitor she and you're like oh my god it. what is going yeah. on yeah it's yeah. so yeah. weird it gets stranger as it goes along and it's she's just, also it's... dumb as a rock that's yes also yes that's also true and I'm further along than Peter and I agree with that but yeah but right now in the first two episodes we just see her take a bird and take it apart and like make earrings from its dead wings like for this girl right. that, that she obviously has a crush on that right. is clueless right. that that's what's going on and it's so it's so such bizarre behavior but but i will say that storyline's only like five minutes out of every episode so even though it's annoying it doesn't take away from the show because the lead no, actress I like is, the show. Yeah, the I, lead I, actress is great, well. and then the the guy, the handler guy, is such a douchebag in the first couple episodes. I he really has really pretty eyelashes, though. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Better eyelashes than mine. I got to tell you, that man. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> not. I, I, did, I have to say, I did not notice his eyelashes. But I did. They do. How could you miss it? I did notice that he was a complete jerk to her. He's like, "Work for me, and we'll send you to jail." And every college that your daughter got into, she's gonna get kicked out. And all like he throws all these crazy threats at her. And I was like, "I hate this guy." And Peter was like, "They could be best friends." And I was like, "Are we watching the same show?" It's just because that's the format of these shows. I knew they were going to become friends eventually. Yes, that's but you were acting yep. like they were already friends. I know. And I, just, I was yeah. like, "What?" I was like, "He was like, she'll never betray him. They're friends." I was like, "I would absolutely betray him <laughs> at this point because he is a douchebag." Well, that's that's a later episode where I. But I, was... I but I agree with Peter because the second I saw them fighting, I went. Oh, they're going to be in bed any minute now. Okay. Well, I don't you know, know if I thought that. I did not. That. I, I did not think that's that at all. That, but that's how they do it. They fight and they hate each other, right. and so you know that they're meant yeah. For each other. No, I, I did not think that at all because he's he comes off as such a jerk to me. I really didn't like him. Well, it's funny because it it's funny because we're going to talk about a show later. There's another show we're going to talk about later that has a similar design, except because the two characters are male. I don't think they're going to sleep together, but it is very much the, they hate each other. Well, let's wait for, like, let's wait for, let's, they're going to become let's, friends, let's wait you know, for that. Like, let's wait for that. Let's wait for that. Let's wait move for them, on. Yeah. yeah. So yes. I would say in from the coal is definitely a thumbs up. You should keep watching. Oh yeah. It's very fun. I, I really, I, I really like, like it. I've never seen that actress before. Allison, are you, in, did you enjoy it? I did. I thought, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a dumb, silly show with things that do not add up whatsoever. But it's fun to watch. It's tremendously fun to watch. All right, let's move oh, on. Oh, and I like the. I also like. I like the actress playing her in the flashbacks. I like that stuff. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. Very good. I though I think the present is more entertaining than the flashbacks right now. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about After Party. We're going to talk about episode three and four. Episode three was the musical, which I was harping about that I was the only one who had seen it at the time. Um, but Tom, you've seen the musical now. What did you think of the musical? I thought it was a. Here's the thing. I'm not. I don't dislike the after party, but I'm not Lady Gaga for it either. So You're Lady Gaga. I said I am. No, not, he's not. I know, I'm but I'm Lady just. I've, I've never heard that term I've, before. But okay, continue. It, it often takes me a couple attempts to get through episodes because it's not. It's not always as funny as it thinks it is, and it repeats a lot of the same beats, but from you know Rashomon style. So I like most of the cast. Um, 
It's a great cast. I think the cast is terrific. I like the most cast of the cast. I good. think the writing could be sharper. It's not only murders yeah. in the building quality. I would agree. So, uh, you know, and I like I like Ben Schwartz a lot. He's he's he, oh, he's ben. funny. I liked him on Parks and Rec. I liked him as the voice of one of the uh, one of the nephews on the new Ducktales. He's Sonic but, the Hedgehog, and he's Sonic the Hedgehog. Can but we talk I about? Yeah, like, let's talk about the show. I though. just thought the episode. I, I thought the most amusing thing in the musical episode was Tiffany Haddish basically telling him, "Don't, I, I don't really need you to sing," and he ignores Keep, it. Yeah, and just keeps singing. Yes. <laughs> you know, I thought the music was kind of lackluster. So. I liked his rap. I thought his rap was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, and it was clearly a, a Hamilton takeoff. Oh, so. yeah. 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 I didn't say I mean, it I wasn't, guess, but all, it was still all funny. Of the, all of the songs were, you know, they, they were they were parodies of existing songs or genres of songs. And and that's why I kind of I'm a sucker for a musical anyway. So I, I enjoyed it maybe more than other people did just simply because I like that kind of thing. But I, I was impressed with their their satiric take on different types of music and i thought that they did that really well yeah so i i had fun with it i think overall the series is uneven because not every genre works all that well right yeah that's true that's true funny um you know right after the musical we get the the horror thriller do they pull off the horror one is it good it's, it's not okay. horror it's thriller it's not it's, it's, it's not great it's 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 all well, right. It, it advances the storyline at least. Right. So you can see, you know what what happened from another I, I angle. Think, I, I think but the horror horror aspect of it, the, they had to shoehorn. It, feel, it feels a little shoehorned more than any of the other genres do. So it's um, not archive eighty one night. No, it's no, not it, it is. Scary. It is not. It is not that scary. Um, and and then it, it did take me a minute to realize what they were doing. I was like, oh, this is horror. You know, so like I was like ten minutes into the episode before I realized it was supposed how's, to be horror. How's Alana Glazer? Because I like her as an actress, but she, from what I've seen so far, she hasn't had much to do. Well, she gets a lot to do in this episode. I think. Yeah, because yeah. it's her. Episode. It's her episode. It's so her she episode. she's in every scene. So she, yeah, she's fine. Um, and then that you know they basically open it up to a bigger storyline because you find out all of this is connected to a a, a, a high school trip that they did. You no, know, it's a high school a party. party. Sorry, it's next week's episode. Wait, the murder? The murder is connected to something from the past? Correct. Because the yeah, whole thing is... Didn't well, no. see that one coming. Well, I mean, the whole point is they all went to high school together and whatever happened in high school gave whoever motive to try to kill oh, this guy. Oh, a, so so yeah, they... Right. Okay, so I, they're basically saying, well, the reason that everybody's mad is because of this other party that happened when they were in high school. And so that's what we're going to find out about. Do we so, all still assume that it, do we all still assume it's that guy that's always in the background? Well, he was the, he's the creeper in the horror thing. Cause they have this, <laughs> they have this weird guy just like following her going, Hey, Hey. And he's just like following her through the whole episode. And then the reveal is that he's been chasing her for the entire episode, trying to give her her keys back. And she's like, Instead of just saying, hey, like a creepster, you could have been like, hey, I have your keys. <laughs> he never says that. He was like, oh, I didn't want to get too close because it might have creeped you out. And I didn't want to stay too far, so I'd lose you. So I had to just stay. Like, it, like his explanation of why he was creepy behind her the entire thing was ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is why I was like. Intentionally ridiculous. Yeah, intentionally but... so. 
But yes, he does seem still like the most obvious suspect. But then we're going to find out when we do the flashback to their actual high school, I'm sure we'll find out what... I'm sure he'll be in the background having done something as well. So I'm I'm intrigued by the mystery because I, st- I don't know who the killer is other than the most obvious guy, which is the guy that nobody knows his name. And they legit, like, there's the scene where he gives her her keys back and the other guy was like, oh, was he the valet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was good <laughs> I know. So that was, that was so great. Like, he is literally standing there saying his name and, like, no one can see him. He has, like, an invisibility cloak on or something. So <laughs> I, I, th- I appreciate that. But let's move on. I think we're saying, I'm saying thumbs up. I'm in, still enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm it. I'm uppish. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Archive 81 and Episodes 5 and 6. Episode 5 is called Through the Looking Glass, which is appropriate because in this episode, we kind of ignore the camera uh, motif, which was before she had to have the camera because the researcher guy was watching the film, and so that's how we were seeing everything. And in this episode... She, the, she didn't have the camera at all. And they're just like, you know what? We're just going to see what's going on with her. And um, so the whole episode is right after the seance, she goes to the hospital and tries to get this woman to be like, tell me what happened. Can you do the seance again? She basically clawed her own eyeballs out. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and we, we get to see her discover more about the apartment what's going on there she wakes she goes and accuses the uh what's his name samuel is that his name i think that's his name right Tom? yeah the, the comic yeah. Prof- yeah she goes and accuses him and it's all and then she wakes up creepily in his apartment like what the what and then he's like filming her while she's asleep all of that is just like just Ew. red flags all over the place you know and he tries to make her think that she's crazy, of course. And he's like, oh, we just want your... No, does he say he wants their, her blood? No, they don't want her blood. They want they want to sacrifice somebody else. They want but... a vessel. Oh, so they're going to sacrifice, but then they want her to accept what... I was unclear on what this cult really thinks. Like, I was like... Because I understood who they wanted to sacrifice. They want to sacrifice the little girl. Like, I yeah. got that. But what I wasn't clear what they want. I think want. the idea is that she has she's like of a bloodline that they need to to actually open the portal. But she's not there. They need a separate person to sacrifice. Right. They need so, the presence right. of one person who who does that. But then somebody else needs to be the blood sacrifice. Right. And she was rightfully about to get the heck out of there once she found out what was. Mm-hmm. She was like, "All right, backpack, let's get out of here." And then she realized that they were going to sacrifice the little girl. And she's like, holy crap, I need to, I need to, uh, to save the girl. But then the guys, then we actually catch up to time to where she gets grabbed by these random people. Plus the archivist dude's father, which is like, what? Bum, bum, bum. But what's crazy is Samuel looks like he doesn't know who those guys are either. Cause he wanted her to stay. So he's like, who are you guys? Why are you taking her? We're going to find you. Um, so it doesn't look like it's the same group, but now I'm still more confused. It's the rival cult gang. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next episode, we spend entirely with, what's his name? Dan, right? Dan. So we spend the whole episode with Dan this time. 
and he is completely certifiably losing his mind. Possibly. Or... With good good reason. (laughs) Or there's really a demon coming through all the televisions. One of those two things are true. Oh, it's not a... It's it's a demon... it's, It's a demon slash god. Yes, that is breaking through. But what's with the mole? Does the mole make you hallucinate? Or what does the mole do? It, I think it's some kind of psych- psychotropic. Right. It's, it's making people hallucinate. That's what I was thinking, too. Because it made it made her artist bestie cray-cray. Right. Well, she had it, like, on her skin, which, like... Oh, it was... Uh, it yeah, like she was uh, using it as an exfoliant or something. Yeah, it was crazy. It was all over her. So, obviously, she goes nuts really fast. And he figures out that the mole is all over the complex that he's in. So, he's inhaling it all the time which is probably why he's seeing the things that he's seeing. But that's also why they keep saying, do you need a mental health whatever? Because they obviously (laughs) know, yeah, they obviously know that mold is in there and they're just waiting for you to lose your mind. Um, So I kind of feel like people going crazy is part of what's necessary to open up this portal. They need somebody to be completely insane. At least that's my thought. Uh, Anybody else? Any other thoughts? That scene with the demon coming out of a, I watched. I usually try to watch shows like this during the daytime, and this one yeah, it was kind of twilightish. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, what the heck? <laughs> the demon's trying to crawl out of all the monitors, and it's creepy. It's like, ugh. <sighs> <laughs> I will say this show is super creepy. Allison, your thoughts? Uh, uh, just the same thing. That whole thing with the demon crawling through the monitor. Um, really kind of got to me. It's like, it's like, no, just pull the plug. That's what I was, I was literally yelling at the screen. I was yelling at the screen. It's not as cinematic as smashing monitors, though. I know, but I was. By the time you've smashed one monitor, it's crawled through another one. Right. What are you doing? I was like, pull the power. I was literally yelling at my television, which means that they did their job. I was engaged. I was engaged. Very much so. All right, let's move on. Thumbs up for Archive 81 and its creepiness. We only have two left to go. Ah! Mm. All right, next up we're going to talk about the Book of Boba Fett, also known as the Book of Mandalorian slash Grogu. <laughs> the so, Book of Mandalore. And possibly, possibly Luke stories. as well. Yeah, it's like the, I have to say, give them credit. The Luke Skywalker deep fake that they're doing now looks amazing. Do you know why? They got the guy, they actually went and got the guy who embarrassed them about how bad their deepfake yes, was, did. and they got him to do it. Yes, I yes, heard that. They, they were they, they employed him. They were like, oh, you can do it way better than us? Okay, here you go. Here's your job. Um, go ahead. If they're going to keep using Luke, I was talking with a friend about this after lunch today. If they're going to keep using Luke as a major character, just, just cast Sebastian Stan to play young Luke, because you are spending a lot of money yes. with... With Hamill's not cheap, technology, and you have to have you have to have a body double. Just just hire Sebastian Stan, okay? He's close enough. Yeah, you know? I'm not disagreeing, and he said he'd do it. So and yeah, he said yeah. he'd do it. Yeah. And and they both, I mean, and it would be with Hamill's blessing. You know, it's just I'm I, I've always been up and down about this season because this season's been all over the place, and literally we get a snip. I don't think he even speaks. <laughs> I think we just see Boba Fett in this episode. He, special guest star. Special guest star. <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> if I were if I were Disney Plus slash Lucasfilm, after this is over, 
retitle the whole thing because calling it the Book of Boba Fett, that's bait and switch. Yeah. It's, it's the Mandalorian season 2.5. Or just call it the Mandalorians, plural, <laughs> and we're good. Yeah, well, Boba Fett technically he wears. He's not a man. Yeah, he's not a Mandalorian. This is true. This is true. He just wears the armor. Yeah, but I I don't know. I I was you know I am uh, this episode just made me throw my hands up in the air and go what am I watching? Uh, And I I I was you know when I got online afterward I discovered I was not the only one. It's one thing to have one episode devoted to another character like they did last week and that was bad enough frankly when you you have such a limited series you've only got eight episodes that's seven actually seven okay Mm -hmm. even worse seven episodes and you're not planning at least currently on even doing a, a second season and to throw away an entire episode on another character who who normally doesn't appear in this in this uh series just seems really bizarre and like you know a waste of time it's like really you had so little story that you did that but then when they drag it out so that the uh, a, a second episode is like this and and brings in even more characters who uh, but but my them. question is did you enjoy this episode i didn't actually i thought oh. last episode last week i thought was was at least great as an episode of the mandalorian this episode was just all over the map even though I liked individual bits of it, um, like you know, I certainly like seeing Timothy Oliphant, um, but it, it's ever it, so briefly. Ever so briefly, <laughs> you know. And the things, what what this episode taught me really is that I don't so much like Grogu as I like Grogu and the Mandalorian together, because when you have Grogu by himself with with other characters, I just you know I I suddenly am realizing how self-consciously precious this character is and i'm not interested in him in it anymore that may be a minority opinion but yeah that's i mean kind of I, how i felt i totally and, disagreed with you on that i i, I enjoyed that, that. His, well i didn't and i also found that the whole bit with the training sessions just went on and on and on until i i was ready to to start hitting fast forward just to get past it um the you know I I thought that it was marvelous that, uh, t- from a technological aspect the uh, de aging of Luke Skywalker unfortunately they detalented him as well and his performance <laughs> was awful in this in this episode um, it's just you know all the little individual bits the the whole you know the 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 uh, stranger in the desert town Sergio Leone thing. Uh, at the end with, with the, the gunslinger. It was Cad like, Bane. that's nice, Cad Bane. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, that would be great in another series, but I don't know what it's doing here. And I was just completely frustrated. By the end, I didn't know what I was watching anymore, and I frankly didn't care. It was just bad writing. I, I'm going to totally disagree with you, but I want to give other people a chance to talk. Uh, Peter, what did you think? Um, I'm... I think that as a Star Wars fan, it was hard. It's hard not to be like, oh my God, that's Luke. Oh my God, that's Grogu. Oh my God, that's the Marshal. Oh my God, like that's Ahsoka. Like it's hard for me not to be distracted by all of my like lizard brain Star Wars things like going off. But I under, I get Allison's criticism of the episode. I definitely didn't think it was as good as the last week episode. Last week I thought was 
incredible. I thought it was like one of, in fact, I would say it's one of the best Mandalorian like episodes. Um, my thing that I think is interesting, but I'm, I'm curious to see where the fans go is Allison, you were talking about Mark Hamill's um, performance and who, and also the actor who's actually playing the actual Luke, you know, that they're putting the face scan on. It's interesting to me because I think that I know people, some people, not me, uh, didn't like um, Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. And I really, I thought it was like, especially for Mark Hamill, who, let's admit, beyond his good voice acting, like as like the Joker, he's never been like the strongest actor in the world. And I really liked him in The Last Jedi. I was like, wow, man, Hamill's really kind of doing something that's like kind of loose and funny, but dark. Here, I'm I'm not sure if he's limited by the fact that it's like they're taking his voice, then they have to digitally alter it, then there's another person playing it. Because I definitely think the character of Luke here is very stiff. And right, maybe that's, that's true. what yes. Allison is talking about with performance. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with that. Yeah, and so, however, the only thing I will say to, to that defense, I'm not saying it couldn't be better, is that... I think they're clearly setting up the notion that, like, so Luke, after The Last Jedi, became very dogmatic about what it means to be a Jedi, which is why he is giving Grogu this kind of jerk choice, like, at the end of the episode with you can take the mithril, you know, the Mandal Mandalore armor thing. <laughs> I like or, how you called it mithril. Or you could take the His adorable Beskar onesie. Right, yes. right. Or you could yeah. take the, the uh, Master Yoda mini lightsaber or whatever. And I feel like, I think the point of this, and I'm assuming Allison would agree, I think the point of it is to show that Luke is being kind of arrogant here, and eventually it's going to lead to the fall, which is why which is what we get to in The Last Jedi. I just, yeah, I do think there are a lot of things that maybe if they had just had an actor like Sebastian Stan, just have an actor, don't have all these crazy effect limitations that you have to put on it, maybe it would have worked better. But I think that's what they're going for. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I basically, I get what you're saying. And I, I as you pointed out, yes, some of the acting was stiff, but my biggest reaction was actually him giving that choice to Grogu that made me angry because I was like, well, for, not only are you not thinking this through, you're giving a child, and I know Peter, me and Peter got into this because he was like, well, Grogu's 50. And I was like, yes, but he's the equivalent. No, that wasn't me. I oh, agree with you. Oh, okay. I was like, he's basically the equivalent of like a two or three-year-old. He is not just, he ages differently. So he's still like a toddler. And you give a toddler a choice between do you want to spend time with your daddy or do you want to become a great wizard? Like, a three-year-old's going to pick they want to spend time with their daddy. Like, that's just the answer. They're, they're, that's just the answer they're going to give. And I feel like Luke did not think through his whole ultimatum. You know, he didn't consider, like, the age of the person he's asking. And the old Jedi, they never gave the children a choice. They basically kidnapped the children and were like, we're training you to be Jedi at the end. You never get to see your parents again. Um, and so he's trying to, like, replicate that. But then also he thinks in this particular case he should give them a choice because he's like, see, you've seen how powerful the Force is. Don't you want to do that? And I'm like, not a toddler. No, that's not what they're going to go for. Also, we gotta use we gotta use that we gotta use that uh, 
that space for for a Grogu size oh. Roy. Oh yeah, his and his on his ship. Yeah. He's got a Grogu size. Kind of uh, advertising yes. where this is going. Yes, I, I do too. But I just I do think that it's showing Luke's arrogance. Um, yeah, I think. Well, Luke's always right. had an arrogance problem. I mean, come on, face it. That's that that's that's part of his tragic flaw. So, and we know how the story begins and ends for him. So this right. is middle. I just thought that I just. Uh, it's hot mess. <laughs> yeah. From the name of the story, from the name of from the name of the series to what the what each episode, the last two is about, and oh, we're finally getting back to the title character for the finale of this whatever it was. Just call it Star Wars stories. Yeah. Uh, well. Anyway, let's move on. We've talked enough about it. We got two more shows to talk about. Uh, I personally liked it. I, I agree, it wasn't as good as last week. Last week was phenomenal. But I still really like this one. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Suspicion, which is on Apple TV Plus really quick. And I saw the trailer for this, and the trailer looked pretty good. And it's basically like someone gets kidnapped, and four people are arrested for suspicion of the kidnapping. And, only three so far. Yes, well, we've only seen three so far. But, but then they have to kind of, like, prove their own innocence. Like, that's the premise of the show. But the first episode, we spend so much time with them at their normal life where the police are just kind of hanging out watching them do their normal life. I was like, come on, guys. You know, Wait, let, let's assuming... keep going. Let's go. Let's Wait, go. I was... Whoa. I was assuming, because I haven't seen this, but in the trailer, I was assuming the opening is Uma Thurman's son is kidnapped and then suddenly four strangers are locked in a room. And yeah, like, that is no, not what happens at all. That is not what happens. <laughs> that is, that is my point. That is why I was so fr- frustrated. It takes till the end of episode one for three strangers to be locked in rooms. As much as I've been down on flashbacks, usually with good cause in many things that we cover, this is, this is an example where deliver what you promise in the trailer and then let's see their story but good grief did we have to have all do we need to know all about her bridal party and all that yes blah, thank blah, you blah, blah, and, blah. and and her dress and uh, it just went yeah i was like oh my god arrest somebody already especially when you know you're going to arrest her at the wedding that's a great cold opening for a series not at the end of episode one when you've telegraphed what you're doing the whole time. Right. Exactly. I mean, at that so point, ridiculous. it's just, it's just, you know, the, the anticlimactic for everything. Right. Right. And the, you know, I've, I saw the first two episodes. I did too, Allison. And the, the, everything that they did in two episodes, if you saw the first episode, you basically saw episode two because they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, the only thing that really changes is that they're, they're, locked up but you're still getting the same information uh nothing really exciting happens it just keeps recycling the same stuff endlessly and i i just found myself saying let's move on let's Let's go yeah that was my memento go ahead i would say it's a victim of netflix bloat but it's it's not netflix but it's still bloated yes it is it's spreading (laughs) <laughs> I, it, it seems like they didn't have enough material for whatever how many episode order they got it's it's eight and it probably should have been six and it's an adaptation of an iranian show so right it's like 
Israeli, I think, actually. Yeah, I, I think it was Israeli. Israeli no, I think it's Israeli. I think it was about the, it was, it was an Israeli show about the kidnap of an of an Iranian diplomat. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I just now I want to watch the Israeli show. Like, can can I go watch that? <laughs> Maybe that one will be better. Um, but yeah, it just took too long. It took way too long for anything to happen, and I ran out of patience and I stopped. Um, so are you got question? Are you guys going to watch episode three when it drops? I'm going to watch more. Yeah, you I mean, sound so yeah. excited about the prospect. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Reacher, which is the new show on Amazon. And this was a surprise to me because I saw, this is one of those things where I saw the trailer and it looked dumb. And I was like, man, eh, this is not going to be that good. But for some reason, I hit play on the pilot, and I can't exactly tell you why I did, but I did. <laughs> and I hit play on the pilot, and I was really happy. I was like, oh, this pilot is fun. It was. Are you sure, a, it, wasn't your, are you sure it wasn't your lizard brain for how buff and shirtless the guy is? <laughs> to, <laughs> no, it was. It, it was. It was not. I did. My lizard brain did not kick out until he actually was shirtless. All the all the uh, advertisements does not have him shirtless. So oh, okay. no, no, it was not. It was just like I hit play, and I will say that there's like a scene in like the second episode where he's shirtless for most of the scene, and I have no idea what was happening in that scene. I, like, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. And what I thought was great was the uh, the cop. She was just like very much turned her back so she wasn't looking at him so that she could actually complete sentences. So I was like, yep, that's about right. That's about right. Um, but yeah, it was what I thought was so fun about the show was uh, I liked the fact that everybody looks at him as this really big, ginormous thug. They don't think of him as intelligent or smart or anything and so everybody judges him on how he looks and then he's like pulling off sherlock home moves on people and i was like whoa i was like i li- i like a a smart protagonist i really do so i really appreciated that though now that i'm farther on the show i suspect something that i feel like should have been obvious that occurred to me earlier and i was like why didn't it occur to them and i don't know how far well how far are you, Libya? I'm, I'm halfway through. I'm, 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 I'm halfway through. I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I am too. Yeah, I but, am too. But basically, I mean, they keep having leaks. They keep having situations like, how did the bad guy know this? And well, they, no, keep, they discuss that. They know there's a leak. I no, 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 no. They have a if leak you, within their own group. Like they'll yeah. be like, we're only going to talk to each other. We're going to meet face to face. We're only going to give this information just to me and you. And then the bad guys figure out where they're going. And I'm like, this has happened like three or four times. And they have never tried to figure out how this is happening. They've never stopped and paused and been like, wait a minute. If only two of us know this information, how are the bad guys figuring out this information? That's the thing that frustrates me. It's three of them that know the information. So I was having the same thought after episode four. It's like... There's a leak in the inner circle. Yes, so. there's, a, there's a leak in the inner circle, and they're not pausing to figure... They're just doing the same thing over and over again, well, I, which is I frustrating feeling, to me. I have a feeling that after, after the redacted, Reacher's going to figure it out. 
Hopefully, hopefully. He's not he's not stupid. He's not, the, but um, that's the thing that's frustrating to me is he he above the like I can forgive the other characters for not pausing to figure this out, but because they've shown us how smart he is, I feel like he should have figured this out sooner. That's well, all. And I'm really remember, can, I'm really what, confused. I don't know what you're talking about. Like it's, I've it's seen four, I've seen four episodes. The climax of four, Peter. Uh Anyway, that's that, that, sorry. That's I'm off track of what we're supposed to be talking about. I apologize. No, the um, um, a, a, a good friend's wife is a big fan of the book series, and everybody who read the books, one of the things that Lee Child says multiple times throughout is he's a big dude, six five two fifty, and then they cast Tom Cruise for two movies, and every all the book fans were furious, and right. so. They they're loving this show, and evidently it's following the first book really closely. I mean, they have to embellish they embellish some things to stretch it out, but everything that Libby has said is uh, is pretty accurate. It's it's fun to see, you know, what what you could think is just a you know a a, a big dumb brute is actually very smart, and you find out his military history. He's a West Point grad, and you know he's done you know combat veteran, you know. Et cetera, et cetera. But he's also very smart, and he's basically there's a whole conversation about is he a drifter or a hobo, a vagrant or a hobo? A hobo. He's like, I'm a hobo. He's a hobo. <laughs> so, but um, Alan Richson uh, was in an early season of American Idol and didn't get too far, but then he was cast as Aquaman in Smallville. But over the years, he steadily he was, he was on uh, Titans, and he was he was Hawk on Titans, but. The dude's acting has gotten so much better since Smallville, and the thing that really serves him well is he can toss a sardonic one-liner. <laughs> yeah, and just he was great. I really people. liked him on 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 Titans. Hit Hawk and Dove for me were the highlights of that entire show. They were the they were the best actors in that group. Oh yeah. Well, what, one of my, one of my former students said, "It's like your super friends and the Suicide Squad had a love child." <laughs> but yes, uh, Allison, you haven't spoken yet. What did you think? Um, it was okay. I didn't like it as much as you guys did, obviously. Um, I, I mean, I'm watching it, so I mean, it's it's not terrible, but it's not because he's not my type. Um, I mean, he's got, he's got a great chiseled body, but you know, it's, it's, if, I guess if you look at everything from the neck down, that's really nice, but yeah, then he's got this, this big bruiser head that I just don't go for. Um, but you know, the, the trouble with the story is that he, as a character, I mean, the story's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's nothing. It's, you know, kind of a pitbull. It's nothing's going to happen. That's surprising. But, um, it, he as a character is just so nothing and so obvious as as just he's just kind of like a a male macho testosterone poison fantasy he's i everything. I, I totally he's i a, mean he's, they show how smart he is 
No, but that's the part. That's the thing. That's that's one of the the problems that I have with this is that of course he's smart because he's everything. He's the biggest guy in the room. He's the the strongest guy in the room. He's the smartest guy in the room. All the women love him. All the men want to be him. He can beat anybody up. He can beat up whole groups of people. He can every everything that he assesses turns out to be one hundred percent correct. Even the the so called dark bit of his past which actually got me interested for a second. I thought, oh my God, there's actually some, some layers, some shades of gray for this character. When they brought up Baghdad, I got interested. Ooh, okay, something dark, something he may regret. No, it turned out to be something that he, he was actually morally I correct actually, about. I know, but I think that's much later in the episodes. We're only supposed but to be talking about the first two. Uh, but what, what I'm saying is, is that overall, and this is, I started getting this vibe in the very first episode and everything i've seen since has just reinforced it i'm sure he's he's great for 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 especially male readers who want to imagine themselves as him um but you know i i just he was way too obvious a construct and he didn't even with all the the flashbacks that they have the flashbacks just show that he's always pretty much been the way he is now and there's there's nothing there's no there there so it's it's a you know it's an entertaining enough series but I just don't think it's that big a deal and I never I never read any of the books I didn't see the Tom Cruise movies so Reacher doesn't really mean anything to me I know that the the book readers are really ecstatic because they managed to find a a, a behemoth of an actor to to play this role but if the the most interesting thing about your character and the dividing line between whether he's good or not is how big he is. Um, there's not much there there. Well, I, I think what you're missing or what you don't appreciate that I'm appreciating is that um, what I like is that people prejudge him. I like the fact that, and that was why it was important that he be as big as he is, is that uh, through his whole career and through his, and especially in this particular version, this story from the book, is that he gets arrested purely on the fact of what he looks like. And I like the fact that he goes against your convention of what you think a big bruiser should be. But that, that's why I really like the story. But uh, Peter... I, I think if he was a minor character or at least a supporting character, that might be true. But he's the star. So you know he's not going to turn out to well, be just some I, I, that's, big but, dumb punk. But actually sometimes... Well, you guys are watching Peacekeeper and he is a big dumb punk, which is why I hate that show. But let's move on. Sorry. Well, Peter, you haven't spoken yet. What did you think? Um, I... in Well, it's weird you bring up Peacekeeper because I guess they are both big dudes. But... um. It's funny, the show that I'm comparing it to is In in From the Cold, because, I mean, technically, Reacher's not a spy. He's not a spy. But, man, the, 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 the structure and, like, the, the, the way the ensemble is designed. I had said this earlier, we were talking about In From the Cold, where I said, you know, so that the, the will they, won't they. So in this show... The will they won't they is the uh, the uh, Roscoe it's Willow Fitzgerald but the uh, who's like uh, one of the sheriffs in the town and then the, the antagonist relationship is between him and the detective which is like um, what you were saying in in from the cold with the handler with uh, Chauncey um, it's I think for me the thing that I like about the show because I didn't think the trailer was that great I, was I like, didn't either yeah. Right. yeah yeah yeah. Um, 
I just I feel like it's one of those shows where it's very much a kind of formula where I don't necessarily know how they're going to get to their resolutions, but I know they will. I am never there. I'm never in doubt that all these things will be wrapped up in a in a pretty bow or whatever. But for some reason, it doesn't bother me because I like this. I like the te- I like the town of of is it Margrave? Margrave. I like Margrave, and I like the three main characters. Allison's right that I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess you're both right. I don't know if Reacher is a character designed to have a lot of, like, uh, depth or turns where you're like, oh, my God, he went left when I thought he was going to go right. Like, not really. Like, it's like the part of the enjoyment is, you know, he gets, you know, he goes to his hotel and four guys are going to, you know, four drunk dudes are like, ah, we, we hate you. We're, we're going to give you a hard time. And I sit back and go, well, this should be fun. Like, you know, because, <laughs> because I, I know he's going to take them out. I am never, I am never in doubt that he's going to, he, that he's going to prevail. So Allison is, is right about that. And I think with the wrong actor, this doesn't work at all. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I guess you're right. I guess he was like Aquaman originally on Smallville and stuff, but I don't remember him. But he he I guess he has just the right amount of like charm or charisma. So it's like I wouldn't disagree with Allison in the writing of the character is it's very much probably you're right. Like what you know, what your dad wants to see in a in a hero. Like absolutely I I can I see that, but I don't know. I like the I like the cast and I like him. You know, yeah. I'm not saying it's a great show or anything, but I, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's pretty watchable. I, I think it's pretty entertaining. Um, All right. Well, let's, yeah. so, let's I, ra- I, so I'm, I'm liking it. By the way, I'm only on episode three. So Tom, when you were talking about four, I just looked at my Amazon thing. I was like, oh, I, so three was my last. Okay. So you're saying something. But big we're out. only supposed to talk about the first two. So it doesn't even matter. Oh, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this up. Um, if uh, I I think two out of three thumbs up or four, whatever. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments, you send tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Weedopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.